This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of the No Near Never podcast. I'm Dave Roberts and I've been entrusted with the host chair again today as we do something a little bit different and take a look back on a very memorable season in the history of Burnley Football Club. If you've listened to our recent preview show podcast, we've mentioned a 2022 charity calendar that's been produced to commemorate the 30th anniversary of Burnley's fourth division title winning season of 1991-92. So today, as well as hearing more about this new charity calendar initiative, it would be remiss of us not to take the opportunity to revisit some of the memories of that season with a couple of guests who were very closely involved. Firstly, Clive Lawrence was a Burnley FC's club photographer for several seasons at the start of the 1990s. And on the back of the success of his previous charity calendar, which featured the 1990-91 season when Burnley narrowly missed out to Torquay United in the playoffs, He's done the same again this year. Uh, welcome, Clive. It's a pleasure to have you on the No Near Never podcast. Thanks, Dave. Good to see you. Yeah, good to have you here. Uh, and I'm also delighted to welcome someone who was a vital player in Burnley's midfield, not only in that season, but during a stay of five and a half seasons at Turf Moor between 1989 and 1995, helping the Clarets to two promotions during that time. Welcome to the podcast of the one and only John Deary, or shall I call you Lofi? Call me whatever you want, Dave. Hello, Clive. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. I'll, I'll call hey, you John. I think it's easier. <laughs> <laughs> not many people call me John, but no, they're uh, not. Would you like to explain at this point your nickname? Why, why, why are you Lofi? It started at Blackpool, um, and one one day I was in. Well, I was injured, so uh, I was in the treatment room, and we had a, a physio called Billy Haydock, who was an ex-professional. Uh, play for Man City, etc. Um, and I was never happy being injured, you know. And he, he used to say, uh, you know, cheer up. So anyway, I was just sitting there and he was he was there. And I, I, I said to him, I was looking at him and I just said, hey, Billy, do you know you've got a head shaped like an onion? And he never liked it. <laughs> anyway, a few of the lads cottoned onto it. So everyone started calling him onion head, onion head. So one day I went back in and he said, F off. You've got an head like a cottage loaf head because they had curly hair then and, and shaved sides and back. And that's how it stuck. A few of the lads um, stuck. So that's, you know, that's, that was probably when I was about 1920. I got that nickname. And I'm, 
I'm um, known by that right throughout football now. And it stayed with you ever since for another another forty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's uh, the, people call me John outside football, but within football, you know, I, I don't I don't recognise John if I'm with a you know with the ex players and that someone says John, I, I wouldn't turn round. You know, it's always low for low fee. I see. All right. Well, going back to what we're talking about today, then uh, starting with you, Clive, how much of a privilege was it uh, to follow the team at home and away to document the games during your time as club photographer? Um, it was fantastic. Uh, well, I, I was studying at Nelson and Cone <coughs> College at the time, doing my photography, and um, I used to go on the cricket field, sit next to the, the tunnel, uh, take the pictures of the game. And uh, I used to alternate that with going in the Bob Lord stand. And then every week I would take the pictures from the game and, and take them down to, to Joyce at the club. And I did that for the whole of the 89-90 season. And at the end of that year, she asked me if um, I wanted to get on board and, and do the pictures for the programme, which uh, was like a dream come true, really, for, for me. And and then we went through the 89-90 season. And then it really sort of, it took off, really, in the 91-92. And it, it was just, every, every game was magic, really. And, I mean, what was sad for me in, in some ways was, I sort of, towards the end of the season, I my career took a different path and I didn't actually complete that season as club photographer, but I was able to do it, uh, still get to the games and still do the pictures of some of the key games at the end. So, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, magic days. And things were very different back then, weren't they? Obviously, in that era, we weren't talking about digital photography. As you mentioned, it's all on film. So things have uh, have moved on quite a bit from then, haven't they, in terms of what you were up against, trying to get the uh, the images and then get them, uh, exactly, get them yeah. produced. So what we, you know, going back to the, the, the days of film, you, you shoot two or three rolls of film with 36. So I'd shoot 100 pictures at tops, sometimes just 72 pictures, um, and you would you would have to get 10, 10 or 12 decent ones out of it. Uh, and when I when I finished with it, I knew the negatives were really sort of important to me. I, I just sort of put them in the loft, and that that's how it, this all sort of happened, really, because I I put them in the loft, and uh, maybe four, five or six years ago, I, I dug them out, and um, and it just seemed just seemed fitting, really, that we could use them. Um, to make these calendars and to raise some money for some of the lads who needed it. Yeah, and then coming back to you, John, looking back at that tremendous 1991-92 season, um, we did see an early change of manager when Frank Casper departed at the start of October. Did it come as a shock to the players when Frank decided to resign? It did, did very much so, because uh, everyone had a lot of respect for Frank. Uh, he's a decent manager, uh, but basically when um, Jimmy took over, it was a shock for everyone. Um, I think what happened, I, I really don't know what happened, but we went to Russia on a pre-season tour and, and that was grim to put it, you know, and I remember I, I sort of come back home and, and the wife said, what's happened to you? Because I'd lost a stone, you know, in pre-season and I think it took it out of the lads, you know, that tour and we, we were slow to start and we didn't really get going um, and then uh, all of a sudden, you know, Jimmy Mullins come in, his manager, Frank's left, and then it took on from there. But everyone was shocked, you know, when that decision was made. Yeah, and you're obviously familiar with Jimmy. He was Frank's assistant. Uh, but what sort of changes did you notice when he was put in charge? Because obviously he, had a, he was caretaker manager initially. 
came in, had a really good run, got the, um, well, didn't lose a game in October and November, and he got the uh, the job permanently then. He, he was more direct. Yeah. Um, which, you know, with Frank, we played a bit more football. Um, he wanted to go a bit more direct with the fullbacks, you know, hitting, hitting Mike Conroy, etc. up front. Um, and we took to it well. You know, the team took to it. So although we were direct, we could play a bit as well. Um, and it was, was enjoyable. You know, it was um, sort of on the front foot. We were pushing forward on teams. And, you know, we went on the run and Jimmy uh, got the job. Um, and as I said, he's, he, he bought one or two players. Mick Conroy, I think he bought, was, was vital. Um, but the system suited um, the players we had. Um, and although, it, as I mentioned, it, it was direct, we, we played a bit as well. So, you know, on, on times it was exciting to watch and to play in as well. Yeah, but uh, most of the players were Frank's players, weren't they? But it just maybe needed that uh, change of direction, as you say, to, to mould that group of players into a team that could go forward and ultimately uh, win the title, which is what you did. Yeah, yeah. I think the players were the same, uh, one or two changes. Um, and as I said, I think we had a slow start, but the nucleus was there. You know, we do were all decent players. Uh, and, you know, I don't know what happened, but, you know, uh, Jimmy took it on um, and, and then played a bit more forceful. Yeah, we'll come back more to the uh, the season. We'll go through that in a little bit more detail. Uh, but going back to the calendar, Clive, uh, perhaps you can tell us a little bit more about the idea, starting with uh, last year's edition. You did uh, that 12 months ago and also the specific causes that will be helped by the sales of this year's edition. Yeah, we did the one last year and um, I thought we may have sold 100. We sold 200 last year and uh, we were able to uh, raise £2,000 uh, for Gary Parkinson. And... Uh, I always knew that I had two calendars in there. Uh, that's what I sort of said from the beginning. And I felt this one would, would be bigger because of the success of that season. Um, so I was talking to a few of the lads earlier on in, in the year and uh, Steve Davis, uh, Steve played with both Gary and uh, Lenny John Rose and he suggested um, Len, the, the Lenny John Rose uh, trust. So we sort of thought it seemed right to split them, whatever we make. Uh, between the two, between Gary and uh, and Lenny, so that that was um, the thought process behind that. And uh, so we're going to have uh, a launch evening uh, on Saturday the thirteenth um, at the Hundred and Ten Club in Burnley. Yeah, and I think we'll we'll reiterate the details that later. I think you're the best person to get in contact with. That is a a ticket event, isn't it, with supper included uh, and a chance to meet uh, a few of the players as well. I believe. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, as I say, we'll, we, we will reiterate that at the end for our listeners so they can get in touch and uh, and hopefully get a few of them along to uh, to that event. Um, coming back to you, J- uh, John. Uh, John Pender captained the team that season, but it seemed there were several captain-like players within that side. There was obviously yourself, uh, Steve Davis, uh, Joe Jacob, both of whom would later captain the side themselves. Other players like Andy Farrell. Did you feel that helped the team, having a nucleus of players who were maybe not captains in name, but were, were leaders on the pitch? Of course it did. Um, everyone had an immense respect for John. You know, John Pender as a captain. Um, you know, he was obviously a great centre-half and that, but, you know, we, we respected him as a captain. But then there was other players 
Um, you know, we used to uh, chip in, but it was a it was a team that actually gelled. Um, and you know, when we used to go out, you know, we more or less it was more or less the same eleven. You know what was going on, what we expected of each other. So, and and when we actually gelled, I think it was round about October and November. It it was pretty simple. I'd never ever liked it when people tried to complicate things. You know, because I I couldn't take well, I, I'd lose interest and couldn't take it in. You know, if they were on about the opposition, this this and that. So training sessions were nice and sharp and simple. And, and everything spot on. But yeah, there was, as I said, characters out there. You know, you could go more or less right throughout the team. You know, and there was, you know, strong characters who, who, who had the same. We used to maybe disagree with each other, but there was never any friction. You obviously spent the best part of a decade at Blackpool. How did your time at Burnley and the team there compare with the teams you played with at Blackpool? What I found is, um, you know, but when I got promotion with Blackpool and then the two promotions with Burnley, you more or less know that you know the the players, the characters are are similar. And what what I remember about them promotion years is just enjoyment, you know, and and laughter. You know, we, we you know we enjoyed training. We had plenty of laughter in training, going to matches, or going on coaches after the games. Whereas when um, we had to reapply to stay in the football league with Blackpool when I was younger. Um, and that was absolutely horrible, you know, for, uh, you know, for one of my first experiences, it was dreadful. And, and then you find that the players aren't in harmony, etc., and, you know, gelling together. So it, it is a case of successful teams, you know, have a gel, whereas teams that aren't doing too good, I'm not saying all of them, but, you know, there's a missing ingredient there. And did you feel that that was kind of coming together off the pitch as well? I think the when you look at that season and so you look at the crowds that season, they built and built the season went on. There seemed to be a, a real momentum there, didn't there, on and off the pitch? Oh, without doubt. Um, and and the, like Burnley's a town where, you know, everyone will get behind you. Uh, I remember when I first signed for them and we weren't too, too good and, you know, there's a bit of unrest, you know, with, with, the, with the town, with the public and that. But when... When you know you're doing well, everything comes together as one, and you know you can feel, you can sense that that it's a lot happier place. You know, whereas when the football club's not doing too good, it, it you know that people aren't as joyful, as happy. But yeah, that season, well, two seasons, especially the the ninety one ninety two season, it did feel an immense, you know, uh, sort of pleasure within the town. Yeah, and here's a question for both of you. Uh, there's a generation of younger Burnley supporters who've come to know that 1991-92 season really well. Uh, that's thanks to the biggest, set, well, I think it was the biggest selling club's highlights video. Uh, it's released on DVD as well. They did an anniversary edition. I don't know whether you remember that in 2011 for, for 20 years. Uh, behind me, actually, if you look, the One Night in York uh, DVD. Um, when I mentioned to the rest of the No Near Never team, I'd be speaking to you both. Uh, Tom Whitaker said he'd watched that season highlights video compilation loads of times, even though he was only two at the time when the season was uh, taking place. How do you both reflect on that season in terms of what it means to both yourselves and also to the wider Burnley fan base, starting with uh, you, Clive? Well, you go first, John. You, 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 uh, you're the, uh, you, you were on the pitch. Uh, you go first, John. 
Cheers, Clive. That's <laughs> <laughs> in the book there. <laughs> yeah, my memory, it's funny, you know, because sometimes I I can only remember, I'm, my memory's jogged when I see a video or I see a photograph because I'm, I was sure that I'd gone to the second game at Derby, but I wasn't 100%. And, and I watched the video and I'm on there. So as soon as I saw it, <laughs> it all comes back. Um, but it is a long time ago. So, yeah, my memory is not, um, not, not as clear as yours, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember, I remember it like yesterday, you know, because it was a fantastic uh, season, you know. And when, when something's that good and happy, it doesn't, it doesn't go out your mind. But I remember, um, you know, there was a momentum gathering and the fans were coming with us. And, you know, we were, I think, against Blackpool maybe or somewhere, you know, we were getting 18,000s, we were getting regular 10, 12s. And, and the, the feedback we got from the um, people was they were enjoying and seeing what they, what they did. And I think it's a case of they still talk about maybe them early years that the younger uh, supporters now can still relate to or get tied into. Um, but yeah, it's 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 magical, you know, what, what's happened. And I'm, I'm a, I appreciate, you know, everything that's it, I, that it, I did with Burnley. It's really hard to put your finger on what it was about it, but it was such an exciting season, weren't it? And it, mm. it, to how it's hard to quantify what has made that capture people's imagination so much. Um, but, you know, even that night at uh, the first game at Derby when we went in, it was called off. I don't know if you remember, John. And, I think and it was Fog. Was it Fog? It was mm. Fog. Yeah. yeah. And, and then we went down for the second one and everyone was singing Jimmy Mullen's name for 20 minutes after the game and everyone That's came back right. out, didn't they? And it was, there was a buzz about every game, weren't there? Have you got any other memories of, uh, of that? Say, any specific uh, moments that stand out for you, John, in terms of uh, either specific games or, or even other things outside of the, the 90 minutes that stand out for you? Um, I think um, an unhappy one was, was it Ben Lee? Was it? Was that the oh, season? Yeah. That, mm. yeah. Well, was, that, that was, was interesting, awful. wasn't it? Because the, um, it, it was supposed to be the York game later that week. I think it was the following day, wasn't it? After, yeah. uh, after Ben's tragic fall from the, uh, from the long side roof. We, we did cover this, actually. I spoke to uh, Paul Weller. Um, Paul Weller had his book out uh, earlier in the year and we did a, a special podcast with him. Um, he was obviously a youth team player, but in and around the uh, uh, the team at that time. He was also with the youth team players at York for the uh, for that game at uh, over over there that we, that we won. Um, and he was saying about that as well. But yeah, that that was a um, a, a tragic moment in that uh, in that season, wasn't it? But it, it, the York game wouldn't have been the York game if that hadn't have uh, have happened. It was just one of those tragic circumstances. Yeah, it was, and I remember when it happened, it, it, it shook the club, everyone was sad, mm. and, and that, you know, we didn't know how to react to it, you know, because as I said, you know, it, it was a happy dressing room, but, you know, we, we we come in and we didn't know whether to laugh, tell jokes and that, and, you know, it, it shook us for a bit, um, and then in the end, you know, we did move on from it, but, um, yeah, that, that night in York, everyone remembers that night, you know, at the end, I remember... Um, I'm not on many pictures there because I remember um, it was a long season, wasn't it? So we, we went there and uh, I remember coming off the pitch and thinking, Christ, I'm first here. 
so I got changed quick and, and, and legged it to the bar where, you know, most of the um, lads were celebrating and still in the kit. So I don't think I'm on many photos in the dressing room on that night. Were you, was he on any of uh, your photos, uh, Clive? No, um, I wasn't there that night. Ah, right. Um, so, yeah, that's, that is a, that's one of the things that I kind of look back and, and, you know, I know I missed out on. Um, I think one of the games that I remember most was, um, it was uh, Northampton away, uh, which, because we, we had a few goalkeepers that season and it was Andy Marriott. It was his last game. I don't know if you remember, John, and at the end, all the fans come on the pitch and they put him up, they put him up on the shoulders and they carried him back to the dressing room. And I've got a picture and, uh, and, and Jimmy stood at the tunnel watching, waiting for him to come back. And he's, he's, he sat on their shoulders with his arms all off, you know, that fantastic atmosphere at the end of that one. Yeah. Because did we use four or five keepers that year? Yeah. Mm. And, I, and I remember that I thought all of them was decent, you know, very good keepers. It's a strange thing, is it's a strange thing, isn't it? Because normally you, in a season when you're going well, you've got one settled goalkeeper and, and yeah. that tends to settle the side. But to have so many different goalkeepers but still have that momentum was quite unusual. Yeah, because I think um, Jimmy mightn't have um, <clears throat> been confident in the, the goalkeepers that was on the staff. Whereas I think, was the three on loan keepers? Yeah, with Mar- Marlin there, Marlin Bennett, Mark Roberts, Mark Roberts, Nicky Weaver. Was it Nicky yeah. Weaver? We got that right. No, not Nicky Weaver. It was uh, David Mark- Williams. Mark. David was on the staff, wasn't he? David yeah. Williams and Chris Pierce. Yeah. Then Andy Marriott. Yeah. Was Mark Kendall there, or was that another Mark year? Mark Kendall. That was Mark- before, I think, wasn't it? That was before, yeah. I think it was um, Nicky Walker. Nicky Walker, yeah. Yeah, we're blonde hair. Yes, blonde, that's blonde right, hair. yeah. Yeah. And then who else? Yeah. Andy Marriott. And was Marlin that season, no? No. No. No, so they've been David Williams, won't they? Yeah. Yeah, David Williams, Chris Pierce, Andy Marriott, Nicky Walker. That's enough. <laughs> and one more. <laughs> more obvious. <laughs> yeah. So, in, in terms of any 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 other standout moments, any other highlights for you, John? You scored a few goals that season as well. You were handy on. I, I t- a, a fact while you're here. I looked on your profile. Uh, looked on the Vintage Clarets website. You're obviously the captain of the uh, Vintage Clarets, and they've taken your goal scoring information for Burnley from Wikipedia, which is wrong. Said you'd only wrong. ever scored six yeah. goals for Burnley, but you no. scored. Well, you actually scored twenty seven. You'll correct me if I'm yeah. if I'm wrong. 27, 23 in the league. I think you scored six in that season. Were there any that stood out for you in terms of uh, particular goals that season? Um, not really because I can't remember. That's why. But I, re- I remember um, a few a few times. You know when when you know we used to, as I said, we used to take uh, play attacking football, and a few times I used to be on you know, through one and one on the keeper. And I remember, you know, I used to love that and, you know, sliding it under and then running, you know, celebrating. I used to, you know, enjoyed the one and ones on the keeper. There was quite a memorable one at York, though. Can you talk us through uh, that one? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've only recently realised that um, when... The, I think the keeper kicked it 
And then I think John Pender or someone headed it. And then Mick's flicked it on. And then, you know, there's John Francis, who was super quick. Um, Harps on the left wing and then Robbie Painter. But now I've, I've only just realised in the recent months is I don't know how I made up that ground, you know, because it was never <laughs> the quickest. I was never the quickest. But, you know... Adrenaline. You know, <laughs> but um, I think um, I would have only been like two or three yards in front of John Pender when they added that. So, you know, it didn't make up the ground. And then obviously Robbie's got there. He's tried to head it. Um, and then it's just broke. And, and then I've just um, gone gone all in, all steaming in. And, it, you know, obviously it's at the back of the net. He didn't try to claim it then? Because looking at the replay in slow motion, if we're having the dubious gold panel, it looked like it might have flicked off Robbie Painter before it went in. Well, that's the only way I could have scored, you know, by using <laughs> Robbie's bottom. It'll forever be your goal, John. No one can take it away. No, it is. It is. I think I don't know the... Um... You know the own goal rules or the different rules, but yeah. Now, as I said, I think I slid in to get it, and it, you know, it, Robbie was there, and it, it it did come off Robbie sometimes. But I don't think, you know, I don't think Robbie's ever tried to claim it or anyone's. Uh, he wasn't you know, there, would he? The worst. No, <laughs> no. But it, I remember, I, I, that was magical because it was in front of the uh, travelling Burnley fans. Mm. You know, and you could feel the eruption in the ground. They were all over the place, but, you know, in the back of that goal, you know, they were all there and you could feel, you know, you could feel the ground buzzing. You know, and there was a bit of game. afters with um, uh, goalkeeper Dean Kiley afterwards. Were uh, words exchanged there? I don't remember that. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> no, well, to be honest, it, no, what I remember of it is, you know, obviously we've scored... And I'm about to celebrate and I turn round because they ended up in the net celebrating with yes. the fans yeah. back at the goal. So I turn round and, and, and he's took a swing. I, I, I've got pictures from, from the season before with York and he was always falling out with players. I've, he fell out with Neil Grucock the season before. Oh, did he? I didn't was it, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah, I've got pictures of him like, having a right goal with, um, with Neil. Um, maybe just in my Burnley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've got the photographic evidence there, haven't you? One thing I was interested to hear from both of you is how closely you follow Burnley's fortunes uh, in 2021. Yeah, well, we've got um, season tickets. I've got season tickets with my uh, three boys. Yeah. Um, we sit in the James Argreaves uh, up there. And uh, yeah, we're not really worried. We, we've we feel that the, the team's fairly solid and they were just struggling to put the ball in the back of the net, really. And, and with Corne coming on board, he's just been like a breath of fresh air. And he, yeah. he's worth he's worth the admission fee on his own, <laughs> the flair, the excitement every time he gets the ball. Um, we just all love him. And uh, we think, I, I, I honestly think we're going to be fine. It's, it, it, it just needed that. It just needed him to put the ball in the back of the net. Uh, and uh, I think, I think we'll, we're going to, it's going to be tough at Chelsea over the weekend, but um, I think I think we'll be fine this season. I don't think our season will be won and lost by our result at Chelsea, will it? No. No. Uh, anything at Chelsea will be a bonus. And how about you, John? Do you uh, ever get to Turf Moor these days? Um, I don't really. I haven't been this season, but I do watch them, you know, when they're on the telly. Um, 
I've got an um, app there that shows all the games, so I do watch Burnley. Um, I think, you know, the signing they've done there is is magnificent. I think the fans were crying. I've been crying out for something regarding a signing for quite a long time, and and it seems that you know this guy's hit the spot. Uh, regarding positions and performances, I think the manager Sean has said he's quite happy with the performances. You know, they had a good win last week. And I would say, you know, with the manager and the team, they've got too much in the locker. They've been there, done there. And, you know, I'm totally confident that, you know, they, they won't go down this season. You know, they've been there. And so, you know, there's a few other teams, which I think, you know, there's there's one definitely, I would say, going down and maybe two others. But I think Burnley, you know, once they get a little run going, um, you know, we'll, we'll be comfortable. You know, what we've got to understand is it's a tough, tough league. It is. You know, and we've got to be realistic, um, you know, and, you know, with injuries, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah, I'm confident. You know, they, they, t- but, you know, they tend to be near about there, or you know, most seasons. It just shows, you know, when they finished seven a couple of seasons ago, what an absolute ma- magnificent season that was. But, yeah, I'm confident they'll stay up this year. Good to hear. I think I think we're all in agreement on that. I think there are one or two nerves, but I think the uh, yeah, as you say, the performances have been good, and hopefully can build on the momentum of the win against Brentford and uh, and push on from there. Uh, so before we wrap up, perhaps Clive, you could remind our listeners again about the details of the launch event that's coming up, the one you've organised for Saturday the thirteenth, and how everyone can get their hands on a copy of this twenty twenty two calendar. Yeah, um, we're down at the 110 Club uh, on York Street in Burnley on Saturday the 13th. And admission for that is uh, £10, which covers uh, a pine piece supper. And all, all the proceeds that we met for that are going to go into the charity. Um, we're hoping to have the calendars. It's been a slight delay with the printing, but I'm hoping, I've been promised that I'm going to have them in the next few days. So we'll have them on sale on the night. They cost £15 each. Uh, and, and of that £15, £10 uh, goes to the charity. My email address is clivelawrence at me.com. Right. And uh, more than happy to sort you out with a ticket for that if you want one. Great. Well, we'll uh, we'll put all those details on when we publish this podcast. Uh, and we'll put it out on social media as well. And hopefully get uh, a few people, A, along to the events that you've organised. Um, and also uh, get some purchase for the, the calendar. It's a limited edition calendar, isn't it? Uh, but uh, there'll be plenty of copies out there. People can uh, get in early enough and, uh, and get yeah. their orders in. Yeah, there's, there is. There's 300 copies. Right, OK. Yeah, there's well, 300 I'm... of them. So once they've got... We sold out last year and there were people messaging me for them after they'd gone. So um, let me know if you want one. As you say, there should be quite a bit of demand for that with the uh, interest from the 1991-92 uh, uh, season, which was such a memorable one for uh, for Burnley fans. Uh, so all that remains for me to do is to thank our guests, uh, photographer Clive Lawrence and former Burnley midfielder John Deary for joining us this time, uh, as well as thanking you for taking the time to listen today. I've been Dave Roberts. This has been the latest international break special from the No Nay Never podcast. Until next time.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.